so it was a regular day at ASIO. I walk into a, a guy's office, I'm probably delivering something, and he started asking me questions about my dad. Right. right. As you do. As you do, which I thought was unusual because dad is, you know, dad. And then he turned around and said, and your dad likes to crochet dresses for your mum. What? How does that even come up? Because he had my father's file on his desk. No. Yeah. Welcome to I Spied, the podcast that guarantees if you didn't have a file, well, you've got one now. And Kim in Wollongong, the chilli sauce, really good, but just a little bit more pepper. I like it spicy. Hello there, my name's Michelle Stevenson, I'm a journalist and I'm here with my mate Dave who likes to talk about all things ASIO, well likes to talk about it, knows a lot about it, ready to unpack it all for us because I had questions. I do like to talk about it so I am the right guy to have here right now. (laughs) And you know, I'm a bit worried for your safety, for everything that you're revealing. No, look, really, honestly, I think ASIO are just probably going to remain quiet about me because I think more than anything, they're embarrassed. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I would be. Um, Okay, the last couple of eps, we've really really dived deep into basically how you got into ASIO. Yeah. Terrorism. Yeah. Someone getting stuck in counter-surveillance. In an audio penetration job. (laughs) Audio (laughs) penetration? It really is the worst term ever, but that's essentially what it is, putting a bug in. And my favourite was you following a Russian into a pornographic cinema. Yeah, well, and then he joined in the live show. It was just, yeah, that's never going to leave me. Now, I can't wait to get into today. Mm. We're going to talk about the file. Everyone thinks there's a file on them, right? Yeah, yeah. I get that. That's generally when people find out I work for ASIO, the first question I get is, what does my file say? And my general response is, well, have you got over the bed wedding yet? Um, <laughs> it's a good, it's a good yeah, opener. It's a good opener. Well, it was a good opener until somebody just sort of like looked very blankly at me and then started to cry and I went, oh, no. Generally, my answer is, why do you think you'd have a file? Yeah, well, I mean, how many people have files? How many files are there? Exactly. Well, that's a really good question that I'm not going to give you the answer to because that would tell you way too much about just how much ASIO knows. Right. And, you know, this fact that most people think ASIO know everything about everyone, just think about that for a little while, okay? Imagine if, if everybody in Australia had a file, right, and ASIO was looking at everybody in Australia with a file, that means that ASIO would be about the size of Sydney and all the intelligence would be about three weeks old before anyone even got to it, right? Yeah. So it's all about targeting. It's like looking at the right people and looking at the right subjects, right? So that's really how ASIO target and create their files. Now, the big question is, like, do you think you would have a file? Um, I would like to think that I do, but no, I don't think I do. Everyone <laughs> would like to think they have a file. Because I'm that it, interesting. Yeah, it feeds your ego to yeah. think you're that important. Okay, a couple of questions. Do you have access to classified material? No. No. So, one, you're not going to have a security vetting file because you're not either working in a restricted premises or you don't have access to classified material. Two, are you or have you ever been a member of an extremist organisation? I mean, if you count my yoga and Pilates class, pretty extreme. Oh, that's it, damn it. You're getting a file. (laughs) Pilates, we all know what that means. We do. Those, it's a cult, I tell yes, you. <laughs> those pilates people, that's close to pirates. And right. So here's a really good one. Um, my favourite question, are you or have you ever been a member of a foreign intelligence organisation? I can't talk about it. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. No. Okay. The answer is no. All right. Sadly. And are you a right-wing extremist? Oh, 
No. 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 You, you're, you're, you're even far more, from it. <laughs> you're not as Bolshevik as me, but you're <laughs> close. Are uh, you a Bolshevik? Right. These are the things. Yeah. Why would you have a file? The best one I got from anyone was I said, is there a file on me? And I went, well, what makes you think you're going to have a file? Mm. I sung an aria from La Boheme at a Victorian teacher's strike meeting in 1974. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, oh my yeah. God. Right? <laughs> That's, that is really the point is why would you have a file? And most of the files that ASIO have on people are classification files. So they're vetting files. They're to, they're to check people to find out whether they can be trusted with classified material that belongs to the Australian government, which is how we came upon my father's file. Right. So unpack this because I really – I mean, this this had, had to be pretty fascinating for you. Fascinating but also rather shocking because when you join ASIO, if anyone in your family has a file, those files have to be taken out of circulation. Really? They ha- well, you don't want anyone in the organisation to be able to access those files. Okay. Because it's about me. It's about my family. So you don't want anyone else being able to access that. Now, my father had a, what is regarded, it's called an RC file, restricted circulation, which mm. means it not only was it a file in ASIO, it was a file that not anyone in ASIO could look at. Yep. Okay. Particularly I wasn't allowed to look at it. But as I said, I walked into this guy's office and he's sitting there with my father's file on his desk. And of course, yes, my father used to crochet dresses for my mother. Okay, I d- now I just want to know about that. <laughs> yeah, right. You want to know about that? How did you know that? Well, I didn't know that, but it was in the file. And why did... I feel like this is the most fascinating point of today. It is. <laughs> it's like why your father was crocheting dresses for your mother. Because when you're on the Melbourne as a fighter pilot and you're stuck in the middle of the ocean for three months waiting for something you to do. You take up crochet? Everyone did. <laughs> Every sailor on the ship started. I was so bored. Oh, my god! Crochet looked appealing. That's hilarious. And Dad crocheted my mother a dress. Uh, did she wear it? Probably not. <laughs> I don't know what I'd do if my husband came home with a crochet dress that he'd made himself. I'd, I'd Look, like, honey. A bit weird. <laughs> a bit weird. I crocheted you a dress. <laughs> oh, my God, you've macrameed the car. What's going on? Yeah. So, yeah, that was – but it was one of those points. When you do a security vetting, you go and interview people. Now, there are various levels of vetting files, right? So if you've got – if you're just getting access to, say, a government building that mm. has restricted material in it, that's a restricted premises. So you need what's called a restricted classification. You need to be able to go into a restricted premises. That's about as low level as vetting gets. And it's pretty much they make sure that, you know, they know your date of birth. Your, it's a very simple file. It's one or two pages. But as you go up the hierarchy of intelligence, the hierarchy of intelligence being restricted, confidential, secret, top secret, top secret, absolute, and then top secret, absolute code word. <laughs> and that's when it gets really yeah. crazy, right? your file gets bigger and they start interviewing people to make sure that you're a low risk. Mm. And, of course, somebody interviewed one of my father's fellow naval officers who just casually mentioned that dad crocheted a dress for my mother. And that was on the file. Right. Now, the thing was the guy who took the file and was asking me questions about it, this was the really important point, is the first thing they teach you when you join ASIO is never trust a foreign intelligence officer. Right. Right. Never trust a foreign intelligence officer. Within about three weeks, you learn never trust an intelligence officer, full Period. stop, even the yeah. ones working with you. Because this guy had pulled my father's file from the shelf and then decided that I was going to be his eyes and ears 
down on level two, which was where I worked, and I'd be able to get him all this information. Well, so he was he was using the file yeah. to get you to spy on for him. Yeah, essentially. Now the other thing is, as I said, it's a restricted circulation file, so mm. not everyone can see it. And in fact, it's listed on the front cover of the file. Who can see it? Not by name, by designation. So if you're sitting in a certain position, so say your designation is ST4, mm. and ST4 is allowed to see that file. If ST3 is not allowed to see that file and you move to ST3's seat, you're no longer allowed to access that file. Wow. Right. Okay. It's that. It's that. Yeah. Um, it's compar- a need to know. Yeah, it's compartmentalised. Yeah. Well done. You're learning. I know. Tick. I feel like I'm going to be a spy by the end of this. Oh, uh, well, you're <laughs> certainly going to have a file. Uh, okay. Uh, well, that, that, I'm actually intrigued by that. I want one. Yeah. So the whole thing is he had that file and, of course, knowing what I did about uh, circulation procedures and protocol, I turned around to him and said, you're not meant to have this. And he went, well, there's nothing you can do about this. He was a real pompous ass. And anyway, I just turned around and went, well, I'm taking it and walked out. Well, if I'm not allowed to have it, you're not allowed to have it too. And I just turned around and went, it's my dad. Come and get it. Walked straight down into internal security, my best friends. Because remember I told you I kept getting put on probation. Probation, yeah. I was, and you got arrested. I got arrested. Yeah, great. Great chat. Well, it was, that, this was the great moment for comeuppance. It was my payback time because I was able to walk in and just turn around and go, excuse me, but why does, bang, this guy have my, fi- my father's file? Mm. And they were like, well, what are you doing with it? I went, I just took it off somebody else's desk. Why is it even in circulation? Why isn't it locked up with my file in here with you? Right. What was very interesting was I was put on probation because one night I got really drunk at the ASIO bar night Mm. and then went out (laughs) to catch up with some friends. And I took this guy with me. I thought he was a mate. And I'd left my house pass. Right. So, you know, everyone wears a pass when they go into a building these days. We had house passes. I left mine around my neck. So when I walked into this pub drunk with my mates I, they went well, what's that and i went i work for asio oh my, my gosh i mean that is great spy move yeah totally it's a great spy move telling Why? everyone that that's what you do because no one believed it um, <laughs> i wouldn't believe it no and then i was thrown on three months probation two weeks later because i'd walked into a pub and told everybody i work for asio well i thought there must have been somebody else in the room because surely my mate wouldn't have dobbed me in. Right. Well, the great thing was he followed me into internal security about two minutes later going, don't listen to him. He's only doing this because he knows that I dobbed him in for getting drunk and telling everyone where he worked. Mm. And the nice thing was, was Brian, the internal security guy, just turned around and said, we never told him that. Oh. And it was like suddenly everyone's, I'm, I'm off the hook. Mm. Okay? And it was also like I'd gone... I went down to the personal name index, put my entire family through it and pulled about three other files. Because my family work in government, so they all had varying degrees of... So what other family members? Oh, I got a brother in the army and I got a brother who worked for the World Health Organization. And, you know, my mother just happened to be a communicator for the Navy back in the day. (laughs) Yeah, this is... what the hell? I'm finding out all about my family. You know, it's all it's all starting to come together now. Yeah. How you ended up where you ended up. It was it literally the Australian government looked at the rest of my yeah. family and went, they're very responsible. Let's get the idiot in. <laughs> because surely this is a ruse. Yeah. Uh, my brother actually had a very interesting experience in the last few years in, of his career in defence when a former in, director general of ASIO moved over to defence and became mm. the undersecretary responsible for my brother's area. And he had a meeting and I'd just done I Spied in Canberra and had a press conference outside the ASIO building uh, just to, right on lunchtime to screw them around. How, how was that received? 
really badly. The Director General at the time sent a memo out to all staff saying, if anyone goes and sees this guy's show, it'll be a black mark on your record. Thanks, mate. I didn't have to advertise in ACO. They all came because they hated this guy. But my brother is sitting in a meeting and he goes, oh, Callan. And he goes, yeah. And he goes, yeah, I had trouble with a guy called Callan who used to work for ASIO and keeps doing a comedy show. <laughs> and my brother just looked at him and went, yep. really? Gee, sucks to be you. <laughs> but didn't go, yeah, he's my brother, because he wanted to keep his career going. So, yeah, I got a reputation with ASIO about being a naughty boy. But the whole thing was, it, and it came down to this thing, I was shocked at the number of members of my family that had files. I would be too. Right. But they weren't, and they weren't even, they weren't task files. They were just vetting files. Now, on the flip it over, how do you wind up with a file that makes you a target of ASIO? Yeah, I think that's quite interesting because I know there's been a number of like judges mm-hmm. and, you know, some high profile politicians. Yes, Meredith Bergman's book. Yes. Uh, Our ASIO files. Yep. Now, interestingly enough, I met Meredith. She was doing a, a reading of a few passages from the book at. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing because I still remember it. The the anarchist bookshop down in Chippendale. Oh yeah. Right? Anarchist. And let me let me tell you, everyone in that room thinks they have an ASIO file. Oh yeah. There's and like all these conspiracy theorists. I sat there and turned around because we went to listen to Meredith talk about it because my writing partner and I have been working on scripts for maybe turning I Spied into a TV show. Anyone out there interested? Thanks. Um, <laughs> I'm sure we're making a lot of TV at the Oh, moment. yeah, tons of it. It's just coming out our ears. Yeah. And anyway, I turned around as a joke to John and said, look, if I stand up to say something, just hold me down. And he's, it was within 30 seconds that he just grabbed me by the wrist and gone, don't you say a goddamn word. Because everyone was nuts. It was crazy. Oh, yeah, because there's so many people out there who would like to believe that they have a file. Well, also a lot of people out there that uh, I, I question their sanity. I, oh, I, I know ASIO have been using x-rays to put bugs in my teeth. It's I mean, like- can we talk about 5G? I think, <laughs> I think I think we know that there are a lot of questionable people out there. Yeah. Most of them are in Mullumbimby. Sorry, Mullumbimby, yeah. but you've got a good lot of them. <laughs> None of us are watching you, Mullumbimby. We're happy for you to continue doing what you're doing. Keep making your nut milk. Yeah. It's all good. <laughs> you're doing us a service. But... The whole thing was everybody got up and made a point until finally it's just myself. And I'm sitting there dressed in a nice, like I I was dressed in my street gear. You know how I dress. I'm a T-shirt, sort of, yes, okay, I like a turtleneck. I was going to say you like a turtleneck. Don't judge. (laughs) But I'm wearing a a nice scarf and I've got a jacket on and everything and I'm thinking I looked like everybody else. Well, no. From the moment we walked in, there was tinfoil hats everywhere. <laughs> eyes on, because we were the first. We were probably the first two guys that had just walked in here that weren't members of the club. Yeah. So we sat all the way through this until the MC actually turned around and said, "If there's anyone from ASIO here while staring at me, yeah, I would appreciate it if they would come forward and be honest about it." To which John is just holding me by the wrist, <laughs> going, "Don't move." And then I walked up to Meredith afterwards and went, "Hi, thanks very much." I really like to talk to you about your book. And she was like, why? And I went, because I used to work there. Mm. And she was like, I really want to talk to you. So we went and had lunch about a week later. We went and had lunch together. And did she ask if she had a file? Well, she didn't have to. She'd already done the Freedom of Information check and found it. Oh, so, yeah, that's what I was going to get into. So anyone can find out if they have a file? Can they? Do a Freedom of Information check and you can ask. But the whole Will you get an honest response, though? Yes. 
Yeah, they've got to. By law, they have to re- honestly respond. Yeah, but we know with the FOIs nowadays, they're like, they'll send you a piece of paper and like 90% of it is blacked out. It's all redacted. <laughs> it's like, so you don't know anything. But you've got to do that. Right. I mean, the interesting point is you've got to redact files because while there's information in there that is, you know, you may, you, your family may know or you may know, it can reveal a the agents we were running against you. So yeah. if we've got an informant working against you, we've got to cut, we've got to protect them. We can't go, oh yeah, by the way, your mum was telling us all about you or your girlfriend <laughs> or your brother. I'm sure my brother would love to do that. Anyway, yeah. we've got to protect them. Okay. And we've also got to protect standard operational procedures. So you've got to black out the stuff that says, well, this is how we did it. This is how we found out about you. We don't want you, we don't want people to know how we do the job. Mm. I love the way I keep saying we when they wouldn't have anything to do with me anymore. No. But bridges burned. Bridge, oh, totally burnt and like pushed into the river, and I probably peed on it as well as yeah, it yeah, fell. Yeah, yeah, I think you probably did. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> God, I'm going to have a wonderful Christmas. <laughs> um, so the whole thing is, I sat down with Meredith, and I, her concerns were genuine. I mean, some of the stories that she had about the way she was treated back in the late sixties and early seventies were horrendous. Yeah. Uh, but the classic was, I know I was being roughed up by some anti-Vietnam protest thugs. Like not anti, like anti anti Vietnam protesters, mm-hmm. so the right wingers, and I know there were ASIO guys watching me at the time. I know I was being followed by a surveillance crew. They did nothing. Well, they can't do anything. Mm. They literally can't because if they do interfere, then everything blows blown. their cover. Everything's yeah. blown. Right. They probably would have been contacting back to Central to go. We need a cop car here now. Something's going wrong, and the you know mm. the target is currently under duress. And the police would come around. But she made a really interesting point. And for me, the real standout is you look at some of the names in the book, David Mm. Strathman, Peter Cundall, which I thought was brilliant. Peter Cundall, you know, well, that's your blooming lot. Well, I believe he was a communist sympathiser. High Court Justice Kirby, Mm. who'd been been made ASIO's, like, top ten list when he was eight. What? Yeah, if you read the book, basically what happened was... I didn't get that far into it, but when he was eight, how do you make make a list when you're eight? His parents, right? His parents were targets, so they immediately went, hang on, maybe he's a target as well. And there's something about them, him coming to notice to ASIO when he was around eight, Mm. right, which is crazy. And she said, you know, the the thing that Meredith said that really made, that resonated with me, she said, do you know the damage this made to people's lives? And I went... Yes, but also no. And she went, what do you mean no? And I went, he became a justice of the high court. Yeah, exactly. So really how much damage did it do? Mm. This was a guy who had a very set, like he came to the tar- the, the interest of the organisation very early mm. and yet he still managed to become the high one of the highest judges in the land. So really the detrimental effect on his life was minimal. Yeah. Right. And, you know, I think was it David Stratton from the movie show? He was a he had an ASIO file. That's brilliant. Right? Now Is that for bad reviews? Oh, <laughs> you know what? Don't diss Russell or you're going <laughs> down. I'm like, how do you get an ASIO file? <laughs> well it wasn't. It was again, it was back in the sixties and seventies when ASIO was really focused on communism, mm. right? For some reason, you know, the Menzies government, the, the liberal governments, the successive liberal governments we had through the 50s, 60s and into the 70s were highly motivated to look at the communist threat. I mean, they all were. Yeah, the Cold War yeah. was rife. Yeah. As it turns out, wow, not much of a problem. But all of these people certainly, did they need to be targeted? Probably not. But at the time, they were. But the 
consequence of that is minimal. Right. So now bring me back to your your story with your father's file. Yes. You storm in there. Yep. And you've said, this guy has the file. Yep. And what happens next? What happens next is I get a very, very sort of curt apology from internal security for absolutely screwing up and not taking all of my family's files out of circulation. Right. So it was their fault for not taking them so yeah. anyone could have had access to that them. That stuff should have gone into right. their vault. Yeah. Right? It should have been in there because it's, it's a personnel issue now and it belongs with internal security. That's where it should have gone. Right? Yeah. So that was number one. Number two, well, I lost a friend who wasn't really a friend anyway. I found out years later that he fi- eventually got bounced from the organisation. <laughs> this is gold. Yeah. For faking his leave forms. What do you mean? Like, well, how do you fake your leave form? You fill out a leave form. You go over to your supervisor and go, I want to take this time off. Yeah. And then the boss goes, yep, sure, you've got your leave. Fantastic. And then you go up to this little door right next to the lifts and you open it and you put the form in there and it drifts down into the basement of the building where it goes through an industrial shredder. Do you know this has, like, government written all over it? Like, (laughs) you get a form and you take it to this person and you get that form stamped and then that form goes to another person and then it goes... Do you know what I mean? Like, that is, like... That is so government. That's government. <laughs> but the whole thing is you take the file, you, you, that piece of paper is then meant to go to personnel and they go through your file and go, okay, he's got so many days leave. And, yeah. Right. Well, it was when that supervisor then got notification about a year later going, this guy has to take a holiday. And he's like, going, he's, he's been taking holidays every sort of like three months. He takes a week. It's like, no, he hasn't taken a holiday since he joined. And it turned out that he'd been faking all of his leave forms. What a, I mean, what a weird thing to be doing. He like, was, I mean, <laughs> like, it's just, it's just so weird. And to get fired for that is just even worse. No, no, no. It's absolutely you've got it because it's, it is, it's fraud. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. No, 100% I totally agree. With that. But now here's the thing about that, and this is the really interesting point: mm. is you know, I am living testament to the fact that ASIO don't always get it right. Okay, so I got into the organisation. This guy did too. He was conniving enough. He had the he was appealing in his ability to manipulate. Yeah. The problem was he didn't do it for his job. He did it for personal gain. And I, and I guess that's a, that's a really good point. Like, what kind of people does it attract? Like narcissists. Like, is is there a specific type of person that the organisation attracts? Really clever people. Really clever. Really, really, yeah. generally very clever people get in there. Yeah. Uh, and you need very you'd want very clever people. It's no point having a bunch of stupid spies because they don't get the job done. What they do do is they focus on skills that are going to be absolutely beneficial to the mm. organisation. Can you convincingly argue a point? That's a really – one of the things they do when they recruit you is they ask you a question, and it was my favourite question, is what is the most influential-ism of the 20th century? Right. So what is – abstract noun, a word ending in ISM. What would you say? Communism. <laughs> Not a bad answer. Why? Because I mean, I'm I'm just thinking about like when when you were yeah being asked these questions because I I mean that was what all anyone was really talking about at that time. That was the big yeah the big enemy. Yep, great point, fantastic. Yeah. I said tourism. Oh my god! Because I thought <laughs> screw it, that sounds funny. <laughs> but and you got in. The next question was why. Yeah. Convince us why tourism is the most influential. Paul tourism. Hogan. And my answer was really simple. I just went, never in the course of human history have we been able to travel so broadly and widely and never have so many people been moving around the planet. And because of that, it's easy to move people into another country to spy because 
like spies travel on tourist visas, terrorists travel on tourist visas, yeah. and as I always like to say, and I do it in the show, diseases travel on tourist visas. Yeah. So it's very easy to move assets around under a tourist visa because you don't look at tourists, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it makes complete sense. Now with integrated computers and the fact that, you know, we all know who everybody else is and different intelligence organisations and governments around the world share information, mm. uh, it, it's making it difficult. But the great thing was they basically looked at me and went, okay, that's that's actually a reasonable answer. It's not what we would regard as the right answer, but he, you've argued it sufficiently that yeah that could be a right one the actual correct one would have been terrorism but moving on <laughs> so now when we're talking about files i would imagine that the majority of files nowadays would be focused on terrorists yeah and yep. terrorist related well yeah but at the moment it's changing again because cyber is becoming so oh, yeah. prevalent that now everything's beginning to move into that sphere because this is the thing that i find really funny is back in the day oh i'm not going to tell asio anything now if I've got a mobile phone and your Instagram account, I know where you are, I oh, know 100%. who you're with, I generally know what you're eating. People are now like literally giving away all their information. Totally. You don't even need a file because you just nope. like Google someone's name and it's just all there. Yeah, that's Pretty that much. that really is the the interesting point at the moment is it's now getting more focused on the cyber sphere mm. simply because that's where all the information is. Right? So even online radicalization of Islamists, all right? That's online. Yeah. So there's a guy sitting in in Syria who's then beaming out to kids out in Western Sydney saying, you know, it would be a good idea if you learnt how to mix up a bit of superphosphate and diesel and then you can have a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah because your parents don't love you, only Allah does, and away we go. Yeah. Right? So everything's beginning to focus on that. Terrorism is still a huge threat, right? But the interesting thing is, not a lot of terrorism going on at the moment, is there? No, exactly. Because they don't want to catch cold. No, <laughs> but what what I what I find really fascinating is that people will, you know, have this fascination about files and having a file on them, but yet Facebook knows a yeah. shit ton about you. Yeah, like, and you give that away freely. Yep. So why why are people so concerned about governments having that information? Because there's a sinister element to it. Mm. A government having your information is different to my mates having it, where, funnily enough, your mates are generally the people that would volunteer it to ASIO anyway. So, I mean, the classic was when I joined ASIO, one of the questions they asked me during my recruiting interviews was, oh, so your nickname's Python. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I just like went, uh, uh, sorry. What? And they went, well, according to your mate Simon, they all call you Python. And I just went, oh, you, you interviewed Simon. And they went, yeah, you told us he was your chosen referee. I went, I really should have thought through this. Well, I went, he's having a lend of you. He went, what? What? They, they don't call you Python. I went, no, they call me Wingnut. <laughs> um, that's a pretty good place to leave it, I think. I, think so. I mean, Wingnut, let's just ruminate on that, shall we? That, yeah. um, okay, good. Uh, well, you know, that was, it was good to unpack the file. And I, I'm hoping that now I have one. Look, if this goes any further, I'm pretty sure you're going to have one really soon. <laughs> but next time, what I'm really excited about, hot tub spy machine. Oh, this is so embarrassing. I'm just going to go outside and wash myself. This is really embarrassing. Do we all need to clean? No, no, no you'll all need to clean. You'll need a hot tub after this, I swear to God. Great. You've been listening to I Spied and don't forget to give us a subscribe, a like or even a comment. And join us on Twitter at 
iSpy podcast where you can watch fun comments from at ASIO. That's right, ASIO now have a Twitter feed. And besides, we've only got like five followers. We need more. Yeah. <laughs>